freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 118 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We have a great show today. Our theme is No Means No. Yeah, that seems a little self-explanatory, but that's not <laughs> not going to stop me from uh, going on to explain. So, uh, no means no. My background is in psychology, and my college degrees would lead you to believe that I was going to be a mental health counselor when I grew up, and someday I might actually work in my field of study. But for now, God has me doing work that I love of a different sort. The reason I bring up my training is because difficult relationships are one of the key reasons why people seek out counseling. And our nation seems to be stuck in one contrary conversation after another and appears to be in need of some family therapy. You have only to flip on any news source and you will see a soap opera of Jerry Springer-like hysterics playing out every single day. One of the things counselors teach people who have become embroiled in a difficult relationship is to take note of how people react to your no. Can you disagree without the relationship falling into drama and chaos? Do you have the freedom to be a separate being with opposing ideas and views? Or does the other person require that you agree lockstep with their way of seeing the world? On the national stage, we are currently witnessing huge numbers of people who are of the ilk that they believe that their way is the one and only correct way. These people cannot tolerate the word no and are not mature enough to embrace the notion that anyone anywhere could possibly disagree with their immaculate wisdom. And they have and they will use force to crush anyone who opposes them. Debate even spirited debate is beneficial to the mind and body, and it is to be encouraged between people who are mature enough to enjoy verbally sparring over differing viewpoints. It is only problematic if one person cannot hear the other's counterposition without feeling threatened and then acting out against the person who had the audacity to say, no, or I disagree. Two of my friends and mentors, Drs. John Townsend and Henry Cloud, wrote a book about this very thing. It's called Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No, and Take Control of Your Life. You see, a healthy relationship, whether personal, professional, or political, is rooted in common interests and values, but still allows for dissenting opinions. People who have healthy boundaries are comfortable in their own skin, have good coping skills, and take responsibility for their own choices and decisions in life. Those who do not have healthy boundaries and this level of maturity are easily recognized by their need to focus on what everyone else is doing wrong playing the victim in every scenario, and occasionally gathering all of their like-minded followers together to chant mindlessly in unison and march and march, and oh look, there's another march, to march for marching at the next 
march. They scream, they yell, they shout down any opposing viewpoint, and they will not rest until everyone has joined in their Stepford-like, head-bobbing sameness. Our founding fathers broke out of that mold. They wrote down their boundaries and their intention to be different from those who would seek to control their lives in a series of documents called the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Their relationship with the English tyrants had become so toxic and overbearing that they had to finally say no because they were free men who valued liberty and would not be held in the chains of conformity and control. When the Founding Fathers wrote their no, they included four words to serve as a coverall for any foreseeable circumstance. Shall not be infringed. Four simple words which are spelled out in the Second Amendment of our Bill of Rights that says quite simply, no. No, you will not take our firearms because you want to. No, you will not make it more difficult for us to keep and bear arms because someone somewhere did something horrible and misused their rights. No, your fear of my firearm does not require me to disarm in order that you will feel more comfortable. Shall not be infringed means no. In keeping with the principles of boundaries, this means that people who don't want to own firearms are free to own no firearms. And those who do want to own firearms are free to be responsibly armed citizens. Both sides value our liberty in individual ways without imposing our wants and whims on the other. That is a healthy relationship. I'll close by saying that we have among us those who feel that we have too many freedoms, but of course, just the ones they don't care about. And they want the government to take those freedoms away by any means necessary. But we, patriots, freedom lovers, we will hold the line on that boundary. We will not be cowed or intimidated or shouted into submission or silence. And we will see those who demand our submissiveness for exactly what they are. Tyrants. Immature, ill-mannered, overbearing tyrants. And we will keep our rights that shall not be any further infringed, and we will use those rights to continue to protect even the rights of those who would take ours. And in this endeavor, for as long as it takes, we will continue in these freedom-based and boundary-holding contrary conversations to remind the rights restrictors that no means no. Dan? Wow, you know, that's a dangerous uh, path we're going on, Cheryl, because you're saying no means no. And when we talk to the rights restrictors, aren't they saying no? And so if we're saying no and they're saying no, where are we going to get? Well, here's the thing with that, Dan, and that's a great, uh, that's a great question. Our no is based in, on sol solid footing, Right? It's on a solid platform and foundation. Theirs is not. Right? So our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our, our Declaration of Independence, all of these things are rooted and grounded in experience. They are rooted and grounded in very real um, incidents that were happening to, to the people on American soil. And some people won't like this, but they're rooted and grounded in biblical principles, right? And so what, what's under attack by the other side? 
all of those things. Our founders are, are ugly because they had slaves, so we have to ignore them. Right. The experiences were tainted because, you know, white men are telling the story, white slave owning men were telling the story. So it has to be discounted and ignored. And the Bible is a, a fairy tale to the other side. And so it is being uh, ripped apart and put in the shredder. And so they're causing the next generation that don't know these things, that don't have these foundations rooted into their own lives. To, to be left adrift. And so they can just grab on to whatever the, the next emotional uh, speech is or the next emotional thing is. Now, wait, though. You said that rooted. Well, I, I kind of think when we had the protesters last week, they were rooted in their $10 an hour pay. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Hey, we got a great show. We got to get on that. Uh, we got a, a good lineup of people here today. Antonio Okafer founder of Empower, a self-defense movement of women on college campuses across the country, who is also seeking the nomination to run for election to the NRA Board of Directors. Mm -hmm. We have Al Alan Gottlieb, the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. He is also the author of co and co-author of numerous books, including Assault on Weapons, the Campaign to Eliminate Your Guns. I'm having a hard, <laughs> yeah, okay. And shooting blanks, facts that don't matter to the gun control crowd. We have Brian uh, Beds Bledsoe. Bledsoe. He's the host of Trend Chat and contributor to Politics. That's yes. a hard one to say for yeah, anybody. Politics. Where he talks about what's <laughs> trending, whether it's politics, entertainment, or culture, and gives a unique perspective from the Christian conservative point of view. Our second hour, we have Julie Gottlieb. Uh, Julie Golub is one of the most accomplished professional shooters in the world with more than 140 championship titles in international, national, and regional marksmanship competitions in seven different shooting different disciplines. disciplines. She is the author and member of the NRA Board of Directors. Oh, we have Frank DeSoma. I guess he's going to be in-house, in mm -hmm. right? He's the owner of Patriot Ordnance Factory, POF USA. It was the first company to make the gas piston AR to the market and has been leading the way with their revolutionary platform innovations ever since. Then we also have Brian Robbins. Brian Robbins is a VP of sales at Vipin, where he's taking his experience in the technology industry to help make sure that our kids are safe. The safety strap has the poten potential to save thousands of children's lives per year. Fantastic. We also have our armed citizen responsibly armed citizen report and dan's commentary stick around we have an amazing lineup of guests and an amazing show right after this and remember no means no And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Hi folks, I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock, 
and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are also a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. Well, our theme today is No Means No, and our first guest is Antonia Okafer. She is founder of Empowered, a self-defense movement of women on college campuses across this country. She is also seeking the nomination to run for election to the NRA Board of Directors. Always exciting to talk to you, Miss Antonia. Welcome to the show. And thanks for having me. Always exciting to talk to you as well. Absolutely. Well, you are one of the hardest working people I know. And every time I introduce you on the show, you have something new you've added to your list of accomplishments. So (laughs) I wanted to kind of run through a few of those and then talk about how those things would uniquely qualify you to be on the board of directors of the NRA. So let's go in the way back machine, which isn't even that far back. In your accomplishments, it's way back. Uh, But in years, it's not that long ago with the Campus Carry. Um, How did you get involved in in a movement like that? Yeah, well, I got involved because I was sick and tired of, um, you know, being on college campus and um, talking to my peers, you know, other fellow young women and then being afraid of, you know, basically not having any means of being able to protect themselves. Um, you know, time and time again, we would hear about these people who were, um, you know, assaulting women on campus or campuses around there. Um, I know at that time in 2015, when I was a graduate student at UT Dallas, um, this this documentary called The Hunting Ground came out world, uh, nationwide. And you know, people were fearful. And, you know, I'm a sexual assault survivor myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't happen while I was on a college campus, but I do know the ramifications and the repercussions of what that does to a woman. And I wanted a way to be able to protect myself, um, but also for other women on campus to protect themselves as well. And, and I believe that having a firearm is that great equalizer. And I was, I didn't see why just because I was going to a higher you know, a place of higher education, a place of learning that I wouldn't be able to protect myself just as much as I could off campus. And so I became the Southwest Director for Students for Concealed Carry, and we uh, were able to pass and then successfully implement um, the Concealed Carry on College Campus um, bill and law in 2016. Well, I just love that. You were fighting for safety and civil rights on our our college campuses for our college students, which I want to remind people that the average college student is around 27 years old. A lot of times people are like, oh, college kids can't handle blah, blah. Well, I was 25 before I ever took my first college class. So I was a full-grown married adult with a business and two homes. And, you know, I I was very much able to um, handle the responsibility of of my own self-protection. And you know, in the in the age we are in now with the hashtag Me Too, so many women who have been victims of sexual assault, no matter what their age was, but then also the hashtag Not Me. You know, you, you can reinvent your life and say, never again. This is not happening to me again. And so much of that is knowing how to... Um, to handle self-protection, whether it's with a firearm or, or many other things. But I, you and I both know that the firearm is the ultimate equalizer. <clears throat> Absolutely. And not me is, you know, it's not, there is a hashtag never again. And unfortunately, the anti-gunners uh, kind of, you know, took over that one. But the not, not me for me is also not just, you know, never again is that going to happen to someone that's already happened to you, but um, not me for those who it hasn't happened to yes. and, you know, pr- you know, promoting that and saying we don't have to be the response team um, like the anti-gunners are. We can be the ones who are championing, you know, prevention. Um, oh, and, you know, because 
you know, as a and as a shooter, is that it comes down to it's not just you know you have a firearm and you have a gun and that's the only thing that protects you. Ninety um, percent of people, nine percent of times, you know, a criminal is not even going to approach a woman if they notice that a woman has situational awareness, if they're standing tall, if they're confident, if they know where they're going. Those are things that you learn. Um, when you are, you know, training um, with a firearm, and and that's the empowerment. That's where I, you know, got the name for empowered my organization because that's where I got. That's what I got from it. It was feeling empowered. And, you know, I didn't grow up with firearms in my home, at all. And so it was a new concept for me. And, and this is how I was able to, you know, take my life back, basically. Absolutely. And so empowered, as you mentioned, you're uh, co-founder of that. Am I correct in saying co-founder? Yes, I am with Joanna Rodriguez and Lydia Lingoria. Um, yeah, we co-founded that a couple years ago now. So, so yeah. taking a leadership position to encourage others to find their own voice, that's kind of what I see when I look into that. But is there is there something else to it that, I, that I'm missing? Because, I mean, that's enough, <laughs> really. Because <laughs> it's almost like we've gotten to a place in history where we need permission to say mm-hmm. no. We need permission to fight back and you know to to have this foundation out there called empowered and it's the word power is all in caps and it's just Mm -hmm. uh it's such an important thing absolutely i think it kind of draws on in the feminist movement i know some people are gonna be like what she she does feminism (laughs) but you know i kind of i try i use that as an opportunity to educate people on both sides that you know what the real feminists the first wave feminists were um you know, we're talking about the Supreme Court pick. You know, there Susan B. Anthony, who was extremely pro-life. Women's yes. suffrage movement started because of that. Yes. Um, and to be honest, I, I don't even know why it hasn't been a movement. Perhaps we'll start the fourth wave movement of pro-gun feminists. And, yes. and it makes complete sense. You know, it's scientific. It's that a man is physically more capable than a, a woman. And this is our way to protect ourselves and even the playing field. And so... Um, yeah, that's where Empower, you know, comes from. And it's also, you know, teaching women the skills because what's something I, I found on college campus when I wanted to seek a way to protect myself was maybe a couple of classes that the campus security, you know, police would, you know, hold once or twice a year, maybe, mm-hmm. but nothing consistent where I could, you know, go to a group of women on my campus, you know, talk about wanting to get training, talk about you know, you're not even just firearms training, but, you know, talking about self-defense in general. You know, there are a lot of places that people don't know that it's not just you can't have a firearm on campus. You can't mm-hmm. have pepper spray. Mm-hmm. You can't have, you know, a taser. You can't, I mean, you have right. a knife. And, and they're like, maybe um, have so those little that. kitty scissors with the rounded edges on them, too. You know, I mean, it's like it gets. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets maybe. that ridiculous. And they use it. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. It's about, it's, and that's what we're seeing in our society now, too, it's, I saw college women, I saw college people, the age is a, um, basically a stage where they're about to go into the real world and those, those ideas that they, they come across there is going to, you know, come with them. And this is a pivotal age for us to talk to them about, you know what, you have a right to self-defense mm-hmm. and you should promote that and you should defend that. And we have this thing called the Second Amendment that um, the government is supposed to protect and it's a God-given right. And um, that's, you know, that's what Empower does is it teach them, it's educate, train, and advocate um, our, our pillars. And, and they really go into all those things. And I think young women are going to be the future, the face of the gun rights movement because it comes down to that. I love it. And, you know, when you talk about feminism, and I do believe that originally it was just to, to say female isms are good and capable yeah now it's become we're good because that's bad because masculinity is bad and the minute Mm. that you have to push something else down to lift yourself up i'm not on board for that that's uh, it tells me you've got a really weak argument and so i I love i love your idea about a fourth wave that is more about (coughs) truly just empowering me without disempowering someone else Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're also involved with something that I am involved with, which is the DC project. And we just got Mm -hmm. back from our nation's capital. Um, That's 50 women from 50 states. And uh, we go there to talk to our legislators, our individual legislators, about why we value our Second Amendment rights. Um, What brought you into being part of the DC project? Yeah, well, um, Diane Mueller, like, she's amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, she's 
I've known her a couple of years, and I've been wanting to do this DC project for a long time, but, you know, the schedule just in the summer just didn't work out. But so I was finally able to do it, and, oh, my goodness, just, uh, I just, it's something about it. I do feel like God gave me, you know, a very specific ministry with women um, that just, uplifts me and encourages me and just to hear the stories of other women coming together from all 50 states you know young women i know one girl from hawaii um her her husband is a service member and she came all the way over here to represent hawaii and and talk to a legislator about that it's just it's a great thing to see and be a part of i get more of it more out of it than i feel like sometimes i i put in but um, it's just great to be able to talk to and like take over D.C. and take over the Capitol and tell them who, you know, what the face of the gun rights movement really looks like. Thank and you. it's young, not just young, I mean, all ages. Yes. You know, it's, it's women in general. Women are the face. And uh, and it's really a great way to be able to see that once year. So, uh, so kudos to her kudos to her and her movement and, and it's amazing I can't wait to see it continue to grow absolutely and you give so much that it's good for you to have something that fills you back up we are so close to being out of time and we still haven't touched on the fact that you're an NRA range safety officer you have a uh, a Prager University vig- video out there that has gone crazy viral uh, speaks to your ability to communicate and capture people's attention. You just had a new viral video, the hashtag walk away message. Talk about mm-hmm. that just very, very briefly. Yeah, so um, I'm sure people are like, oh, yeah, she seems like probably, you know, was in the gun culture forever. She grew up <laughs> hunting. She probably, you know, really good, strong conservative all her life. Um, I, I will say that I, I was a really good, strong conservative, um, but as a black woman for a long time, I really believed the lie that um, I had to vote a certain way, and I voted for Obama twice, mm-hmm. um, but it was in 2012. I, you know, a couple of things happened. I became a born-again Christian, um, but then also I, I quickly became part of the Second Amendment movement um, on campus, and so those two things really pushed me and made me realize that I wanted a president who would protect you know, sanctity of life, and I believe the Second Amendment and um, the pro-life issue are issues that um, deal with that with that issue in general. And, and President Trump was the one who was going to protect that. And a staunch Republican and conservative now, but that's what that video was about. My walkaway message of leaving the left and realizing that I was more empowered on this side of the aisle than I was before. Absolutely. And as we go out, Antonia Ogafer, please just tell folks how they can follow all that you do and support your bid for a nomination to the board of directors of the NRA. Yeah, so um, I am um, seeking nomination. Um, so how that works is there are two ways to get on the ballot. Um, you can either be nominated um, or you can um, go through petition process or both. And I'm seeking nomination. So in August, August 5th, the nomination um, committee, nominating committee will be meeting. And I'm asking people to send in letters. Um, go to my website, Antonia Okafor. Okafor is spelled O-K-A-F as in Frank, O-R.com. And you can go to the NRA board tab and get the information of how you can um, recommend me to the nominating board and then allow them to nominate me in late August, early September. So I will be on the ballot. So I need your help, but um, I, I hope I've done, I've, by merit, I've been able to um, get your recommendation through that way. So I, I love can it. go on the NRA board next year. I love it. Thank you for all you do. Just keep staying out there. Keep speaking. Keep showing up. Um, Antonia Okafor, founder of Empowered. Good talking to you. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have Alan Gottlieb, the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, on the other side of these messages. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. 
Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is no means no. I think we've lost sight of that in so many ways these days. And we have some people who are on the front lines constantly reminding the rights restrictors that no means no. And one of those people is our next guest and our friend, Alan Gottlieb. Alan is the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. He is also the author or co-author of numerous books, including Assault on Weapons, The Campaign to Eliminate Your Guns, and shooting blanks, facts don't matter, to the gun control crowd. We're always excited to talk with Alan, and I welcome him to the show now. Alan, are you with us? Yes, Cheryl. It's great to be with you. Oh, absolutely. You are such a busy dude. Anytime I get you on the air, I I just feel like I want to, you know, go in super speed and, and talk about as many things as we can. So um, we just celebrated something that the Second Amendment Foundation was very deeply involved in, and that is the Heller versus D.C. case. That we just celebrated the 10th anniversary. There was a, uh, speeches on the steps of the Supreme Court building. Um, I was so blessed to be one of those speakers. And I just wanted to touch base with you. First of all, to people that don't even know what the heck I'm talking about. I'm speaking Greek to a lot of people that are new to the the gun world, Heller versus D.C. Where are we now 10 years later? What what kind of gun cases are we seeing in the courts? Well, of course, the Heller case was the case that the Supreme Court knocked down the ban on handgun ownership in Washington, D.C. and said, in fact, the Second Amendment is an individual right. That case, too... Uh, the McDonald case in Chicago, which struck down the Chicago, at the Supreme Court level, which struck down the ban on handguns in Chicago, but also incorporated the Second Amendment through the 14th Amendment, making it applicable to all the states and cities, which, of course, then led to significant le- gun, leg- I mean, gun litigation all across the country because it opened up the federal courts for us to challenge all kinds of state and local laws. And the first one that went down was a case known as Bateman in North Carolina, knocked out that state's so-called emergency power law that allowed them in times of snowstorms or hurricanes to suspend Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. That got taken down, and a number of other states who had similar laws then lost, the, lost those emergency power laws as well. Uh, that, of course, you know, then led to lots of other cases, going back to Illinois, where we knocked out their ban on carry uh, in Moore versus Madigan. Uh, so now that Illinois is now a shallow issue, still carry a state where you have a permit to carry a firearm for self-protection. And then Chicago, then after losing the, their gun ban with McDonald, passed the law that said, okay, you can own a gun in your home, but you have to have range training to get the permit to have it, but we're going to ban gun ranges, so there's no place for you to go to get the training. <laughs> mm, tricky little 
things, aren't yeah, they, these rights so we restrictors? Sued, we, we, yeah, so we sued on that as well and knocked out that ban. And what was important about that litigation was it's the first time the courts have said your Second Amendment rights don't stop at your front door. You also have a right outside your home to take your gun out to train and practice with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago then came back and passed another law saying, okay, you can have gun ranges, but we're going to zone them out of existence. So for all practical purposes, you still can't have them. We sued on that one as well, and the Second Amendment Foundation had another giant victory there, where the courts also again ruled uh, against Chicago and for gun rights, and again reiterated that your rights don't stop at your front door. Uh, we've also knocked out other gun bans, like the, the uh, Mariana Islands uh, was the last U.S. state or territory to have an absolute ban on handgun ownership. We knocked that out in the federal court as well. So we've made a lot of progress. The areas, Cheryl, where we're haven't been so successful is where we've had lower court judges thumb their nose at the Supreme Court decisions of Heller and McDonald and rule and, and rule that, you know, against this is Marius and haven't been able to get those cases back up to the Supreme Court to smack down judges who aren't complying. So we still have a lot of work cut out for us. The first decade, the first 10 years of Heller, I think, gave us significant victories, but there's still a long way to go to restore Second Amendment rights to the point where they should be. Oh, uh, amen to that. And then in the meantime, as time goes on, uh, this institutional knowledge or the, the knowledge in society is eroding away. And then the next wave of voters are caught up in, you know, the, the craziness of like the David Hogg-isms that's just built on nothingness. It's just lies and misinformation. And uh, so that's you're constantly working against that as well. And so every year, you put together, your organization puts together this amazing opportunity to bring people together to fill us back up with encouragement and knowledge and kind of, you know, tell us where the challenges are going to be so that hopefully we are going back to our circles of influence and, and educating those around us. And this is the Gun Rights Policy Conference, uh, the GRPC. Talk to us about where that originated, the idea for it, um, how people can be involved in it, where is it located this year, that sort of stuff. Well, I'm responsible for originating it. It started back, I don't know, now I think like uh, roughly 40 years ago or so, uh, and it was done originally to get the national gun rights groups together on the same page, meeting together and talking with each other so we could, we, we could you know, have a uniform uh, march forward to defend gun rights. Then it expanded out to work more with uh, some to certain state leaders because of some challenges that were going on, particularly in states like California. And then it just expanded out to handle everything you could think of with litigation, legislation, elections, all kinds of things. This year's conference is in Chicago, September 21 through 23. Uh, we already have a, a pre-registration record so far at this date. Uh, it's probably going to be the biggest one we've ever had, which is really great going into the midterm elections because I think these elections are going to be extremely important for gun rights. And it looks like gun owners are really engaged. So we'll, we'll be working a lot dealing with litigation, legislation, elections, ballot measures, uh, and how to expand the base of the gun rights movement as well, bringing in more minorities, more women. Uh, it, it, you know, you've been you've attended them. It's it's, it's a great place to, to go to meet all the gun rights leaders, get your energy levels pumped back up. Uh, you know, go through things that are working in one state and make spread them to other states. So I, I I'm excited by this conference every year, and of course it's now taken on a life of its own. Because it's basically not just the Second Amendment Foundation's conference; it's everybody's conference. Because we have representatives from like uh, you know, I mean. Uh, a, a couple hundred different organizations. Uh, there's 65 speakers. I mean, it, it's an amazing event. Alan, welcome to the show. This is Dan. Hey, I think you made an error there. You said something about your gun rights policy is going to be in Chicago? <laughs> no, no error. We're actually just outside the city limits of Chicago by O'Hare's airport. Uh, so it's actually not, not technically in Chicago, but it's Chicago, you know, metro area close enough uh, to let them know we're there right it's kind of like <laughs> rubbing it in their face and i think it's awesome that's great you couldn't have picked a better place yeah. to have. well my argument is you know we move it around the country every year so we do it in pro-gun places as well as anti-gun places i like it best when it's in the anti-gun areas because I, I like to expand our playing field i don't want yes. to see the playing field shrink yes. so i want to take the battle to the enemy so to speak so you have it chicago this year next year you could have it in bloomberg's house <laughs> How about that? Well, next <laughs> next year, right now, we're slated hopefully to come back to the Phoenix area. So nice. we don't have a ha, have have a date and hotel lined up yet, but we're trying very hard to move into Phoenix for 
for 2019. Oh, fantastic. Of course, that's our backyard, so we love that. You can have it at our house because it's just not big enough. <laughs> no, I don't think your house will be big enough. Sorry. <laughs> so um, is, this is a, an event that you put on and invite people for free every single year. It is just an incredible gift that you give to the community and allow us to come together. And I just, I admire that. It, it baffles my mind how you do it. And it reminds me that, you know, these court cases that you guys are out there on the front lines holding the no means no, you know, shall not be infringed means no, and it means no. Um, court cases are not cheap. Events like this are not cheap. And that we need donation dollars that people to put their money where their their passions are and their mouths are and their rights are. Um, so uh, how do people donate to the Second Amendment Foundation? Well, Cheryl, thank you for raising that. It's extremely important to me today because today I had to put $50,000 on a credit card for legal fees uh, because we have so many cases going on at the same time that cash flow gets kind of tight. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really appreciate that. People can join or donate. Uh, by going to our website at saf.org, uh, or just put Second Amendment Foundation in any browser, and we'll pop up, and you can join on our website. And again, it's saf.org. We have like about 30 lawsuits going on right now around the country, uh, some of which are extremely important uh, to protecting and defending gun rights. Uh, and it does cost a lot of money. You're right. And so especially summer months, it get tough for us to raise dollars. In the summertime, people you know, are, are out playing and not paying attention to the gun rights battle. So right now would be a great opportunity to help us out at saf.org. Absolutely. Well, we've got about one minute left to go, and so it's not much, but uh, we've got this important SCOTUS decision, right, the Supreme Court uh, judge that we're going to find out. Uh, this is Monday. The show doesn't air until Wednesday, so it'll, it'll be decided by the time this uh, airs, this show airs. But it's not just the big the big ones. It's all the local judges and the local elections that are important as well. What can you tell folks who feel like, well, my vote doesn't matter. I don't really know how to vote on a judge. I don't care who's the judge. Just in a, a quick snippet, what can you tell folks? Well, first of all, it's, it's tough on the local level to know how the judges, if they're your friend or your foe when it comes to Second Amendment rights. It's been a problem for everybody to identify local judges. But judges all the way down the ballot measure you know, mean something. In a lot of states, judges are elected. In some states, they're appointed. Uh, but judges mean an awful lot to us. If I can, I've been in communication with the White House uh, the last three, four days about the nominee. I don't know who the nominee is going to be at this juncture. But all I know is the White House has promised me that I will like this nominee. <laughs> and, in fact, while the, while the nomination is going to be coming out tonight, so by the time the show is aired, we'll all know who it is. I also have a White House conference call right after the, the nominee is announced to work on, on mass public opinion, uh, getting making sure people are behind this nominee so that the anti-gun movement, the gun prohibition lobby in this country are going to throw everything they can to try and derail this nominee, no matter who it is. Yeah. And uh, we, they already all, we all hate need to the make person. our voices heard. They already hate the person and they don't even know who it is. So that tells you something right there. Correct. So that is fantastic, and the reason that we're going to love whoever is picked is because our president, Donald Trump, has already proven that he's going to pick a constitutionalist. That's all we're asking for, right? We're, we're not looking for an activist, and the reason that the other side is so crazy worried is because they know that they would pick an activist, and so they're judging us through their own lens, and uh, I know we're going to be in good hands um, with our president, we're in good hands with men like you and, and all the people that come and help you with the Second Amendment Foundation. And I just encourage everybody to take a moment, look them up, saf.org. Uh, you know, your next couple of Starbucks, maybe hold off on those and throw some dollars at the, uh, the people that are on the front lines of making sure that no means no. Alan Gottlieb, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate everything you do. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Stick around. We still have Brian Bledsoe on the other side of these messages. He is the host of Trend Chat and a contributor to Politichicks.com. Stick around.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. If you've missed any portion of today's show, just go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content to all 117 of our other shows. Next time you're on a long drive or working in the yard or cooking dinner or just whatever it is you're doing, your time is your most valuable resource and we value that and we appreciate it. And when you take us with you where you go, we just, you know, we don't hate that. We don't hate that at all. And if you want to put a face to a voice, click the guest tab and you will find a guest page for every single person we've ever interviewed on the show with photographs and links to works they've done and bios. And it's just an incredible resource. So spend some time on there. Well, our next guest is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat and contributor to Politichicks.com, where he talks about what's trending, whether in politics entertainment or culture and gives a unique perspective from a christian conservative point of view brian welcome to the show oh thanks so much for having me we are so excited now in your bio you mentioned that you not only had a rebirth to christianity because i was talking about the bios on the guest page on our our website you had a rebirth to in christianity but you also had a political awakening based on some biblical pl- principles. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, first, what happened is that um, it's me basically becoming, I, I guess you can say, a, a real Christian in a way now. I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. and I was even baptized as a, as a kid, but mm-hmm. I was more of a what you would call a nominal Christian or maybe a cultural Christian, mm-hmm. and um, kind of just going through the motions for pretty much most of my childhood and even into adulthood. And it wasn't until late 2007 where I, that's why I feel like, like I mentioned about becoming a real Christian and really um, making my faith my own. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it was more about just kind of doing, doing everything uh, because, you know, being raised in a, you know, Christian home. And, you know, so I was just kind of going in, in, in the, I guess going through the motions. We could call and that so, a, a, a crino, right? Like instead of a rhino, Republican in name only, <laughs> a Christian in name only, a crino? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, definitely. <sighs> I, I would definitely agree with that with me especially. 
And so when I um, when I finally had that, I guess that moment when I really wanted to make my faith my own, it that was going into the 2008 election. And so even before I I voted, but I was very apathetic. I didn't care much about politics and, at all. And the only reason I voted was, was because one I I knew that it was important to vote, but I didn't really understand why I needed to really care about you know voting who I voted for in particular. Mm-hmm. So, and everyone in my community, you know, basically just said that, tell me to vote Democrat. Um, I didn't know when it, <laughs> whenever an election was up, I didn't know, was you know, whether it was a special election. I definitely didn't know what was going on. Not, normally, like, around every presidential election, they'll tell me, hey, go vote Democrat, and I just go, you know, ballot and hit straight line D and go back home. Didn't yep. really think much about it. So, and... And so in uh, 2008, that's when I actually wanted to know who I wanted to vote for. And that, that took me down the path and basically started with a blank slate, looking at both sides. Because I didn't even know what Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, I didn't know what any of these terms even meant, really. Mm-hmm. So I just started fresh. And from that, that's when I had the epiphany that I would be voting Republican, which was a surprise to me. Not so much because where I felt like. Uh, where I grew up around people that was hating Republicans, it was a, it was a factor where I didn't even know they existed mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, I knew about them, but I didn't know anything about them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, I didn't have an opinion, really. It just kind of shocked me because I've been voting one way all this time, going off what my community has been telling me to do. And then I'm looking at all these things and lining them up with biblical principles, and I don't, and I don't see uh, where they connect. And also it kind of, in my mind, where, you know, most of the people that were in the community were going to church with me. So I was wondering why, what was the disconnect here? Why are why are you voting for one party, but yeah, these biblical principles show a totally different way. Wow. So. That was quite an awakening. So did you engage anybody in conversation, or was this just kind of like something internally you were wrestling with? Oh, no. Well, um, basically, the first... I guess the first part of being outspoken in general was about being a Christian. Mm-hmm. And then in the past months after that, like um, throughout 2008, I was coming more outspoken on the political part as well. And I, yeah, I've had, I had some discussions with my own, with my parents who, you know, they, they vote Democrat and, uh, and other people who, you know, who are um, friends on social media and got out a number of discussions, a number of, arguments and um and just um that was a time i said for about two or three years where um i guess so-called friends was falling off and i was gaining new friends yeah yeah that that tends to happen but you know i i think that is just part of adulthood too you know is is really knowing that you know that what you know and examining those things. So I, I really applaud that. And now we've got this whole hashtag walk away movement. And you're probably feeling like, yeah, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the one thing I've thought about with this whole, you know, hashtag walk away is that it, it's great and everything. Now, the one thing I definitely want to stress to anyone that is, you know, going on in, in this movement right now is kind of like what I just mentioned a minute ago about, having, you know, so-called friends and, you know, even family that might, you know, all of a sudden just want to argue with you or just or don't want anything to do with you. That's mm-hmm. something I hope that mm-hmm. they are prepared to deal with. But that is going to come most likely for the yeah. most part. There I mean, you might have some exceptions, but, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. <laughs> there will be fallout. There, there really will. And, you know, it's kind of uh, like a pruning. You know, you go out into the garden and you prune away pieces of the... Uh, the rose bush and new beautiful roses bloom. So uh, the, it's even biblical, the right? The <laughs> What's that? Uh, all, the, all the wheat from the tear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us about Trend Chat. Ch- uh, Trend Chat. What motivated you to start a podcast? Oh, well, that was from a friend of mine who brought it up. <laughs> and I had no thought about doing a podcast. That kind of goes back to even going with politics. I had no thought about writing. And to um, a friend of mine, Anne-Marie Morell, you know, she said that basically that I'm going to write for her, <laughs> not so much <laughs> asking. 
I love it because you're not you're not a chick. I can tell by the uh, the depth of your voice. You're not, <laughs> and yet you're writing for politichicks. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't think twice about doing any of this. So that kind of pushed me into doing the writing part. And then I guess all about a year into it, someone approached me about where well, I thought about doing a podcast, which I said, no, I haven't really thought about it. Even though I did have the name Trend Chat already for something, I didn't know what, though. Mm-hmm. And so with that, that that's where I decided, okay, maybe I can turn it into a podcast, especially when I figured out how uh, how to do it and, you know, and the equipment that I needed, which I was, was a lot less than what I pictured in my mind that I would need. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out I was able to have the time and do it, I, I went ahead and did my first episode last year, February last year, and just had our 100th episode a couple of weeks ago, and still moving on. That is fantastic, and congratulations. So I know that it is impossible to have a favorite guest or a favorite show, and I would hate it if somebody was asking me, <laughs> asking me this question. Oh, no, but I have one. Oh, you oh, too? <laughs> okay, so give us a few highlights from your show and things that stand out. So, so go. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah I, yeah, I definitely have one, and, you know, some people have asked me that before. And right now, I mean, maybe because I'm just within the 100 episodes, I, but I have one in particular, and that's Senator Cruz. Is, <laughs> and oh, have, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, now it's only two and a half minutes, but, hey, that's my favorite guest. That's, that's someone I've been wanting to get on the podcast for since I started it. That's, so, yeah, that's my favorite guest. It is now, so hard to get the the time of our, our legislators. They are so busy. So congratulations. And congratulations to him for uh, being asked on your show. I mean, it was it was something else. I mean, I've been hounding the the cruise people for like ever since, even before I started the podcast. <laughs> I was hounding them about, hey, uh, could I get like a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, and then I would be at events where he's speaking at, and then I'll try to get in a little gaggle and try to get you know some, a question it. in and where. I, I so I did. It. I actually got a question in one time, and I I put that on the podcast as well. But I actually got a one-on-one for like two and a half minutes walking, walking away out of the building, and um, yeah. So that's why I say that's my favorite guest. Now I just now uh, a favorite show of mine is also it has something to do with politics. Um, it's a it's basically it's a podcast about movies, and because that's one thing I wanted to talk about too. I want to talk about the culture in general, not just about politics. Yeah. But now this is not about. This is just about the movie. So I talk about Star Wars and the Avengers. And I have a friend of mine, Patricia Embry, <laughs> and we it. talk about, yeah, and we talk about those it. two movies for like, we talked about Star Wars for like three episodes. We talked about Avengers for like two episodes. Uh, and it was fun. a fun. It was, it, fun. Yeah, it was a fun show to just talk about, you know, you know something other than politics. Absolutely. Hey, we are out of time. I've got to run, but we got to bring you back on and dig a little deeper into some of these things. But just as we go out, Brian Bledsoe of Trend Chat and Politichicks.com. Tell folks how they can follow all the work that you do. So at Trend Chat 24-7 across all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Trend Chat 24-7, TrendChat247.com. We're available on Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Uh, we're, we're on Spreaker as well. And also probably any other podcast app you have. I've, I've seen it in places I didn't even know it would be at. <laughs> I love it. Brian Bledsoe, thank you so much. We will definitely check back in with you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. God bless. All right. Stick around. We still have our number two coming right up with a whole host of awesome guests just after these messages. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea sell some stuff at auction start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com the owners dan and cheryl todd have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques collectibles guns coins and jewelry and over their many years in business they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt 
Let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. 